Welcome to the local podcast. I'm your host, Clay Berkland. My guests this week are Dee and Tyler Haugen of Tie Vet Supply in Sturgis, South Dakota. As we put these podcasts on, I try to have people who uh, are local business owners in western South Dakota, maybe influential in some of the, the circles that we like to participate in with volunteer activities, youth organizations, and just the, the good folks here in western South Dakota. And I, that's, that's why I have you here today, guys. So welcome to the local podcast, and thanks for being on. I'm glad to be here. Same here. I'm looking forward to it. So uh, most people that listen to us probably know you, hopefully, uh, but on the rare chance that they may not know you or some of your background, uh, can we start there? Tell me where you came from, uh, what got you into this line of work, how you got interested in, in doing what you do today? Sure. Um, so I am from north central South Dakota, uh, actually the Isabel area. All of my family is from uh, Eagle Butte area. So uh, I was, you know, raised in, in that part of the woods. Um my maiden name is Webb, and uh, it come from a, just a, a, a lot of ranchers, you know. I mean, I, I've been involved in, in the ranching and rodeo industry my whole life. Uh, do you want the long or the short version of how we actually started this? Because I feel like We're, it's all going to have to come out here now. we got all the time you need. So. <laughs> well, uh, you were born a poor child in I, South <laughs> Chicago. <laughs> <laughs> not, not quite that, no, no. Um, so just for everybody, though, I, I get a kick out of how Clay says, um, join, you know, joining Dee and Tyler and how my name is first. But let's be real. Tyler does all of the work. So don't anybody kid yourself that that's actually how it works here. So uh, but as far as how Dee was established, um, sales has been something that I had no idea that I would ever enjoy when going to college at the University of Wyoming, you know, for for me. All of my family went to college. My mom's a pharmacist. You know, my dad uh, was a banker for many years. Um, I have a sister that's a pharmacist, an aunt that went to college, a grandma. I mean, it was, you know, I, I was expected to do no different. So you go to school and you get a degree and then you go home and you do something with it. So we got married in 01 and uh, I uh, came. Actually, that was 99. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. Okay, that, that's classic right there. <laughs> <laughs> but, but after about two years of being married in 99. You realize about, what you'd gotten yourself into. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So I'm not going to live that one down. I know it. I, I am the numbers guy in our business, <laughs> just so you know. So, uh, you know. You're, if you you're, notice a discrepancy in your billing, it may be something Dee did with math. Right, right. Well, nobody ever said I learned anything in college. So, so um, we had gotten married and came home, and we're living at my home place, the ranch in Isabel, and really unsure of what to do and what I wanted to do. And I had all kinds of odd jobs. I, um, gosh, I was a mail delivery fill-in route gal, and I substitute taught. I worked for the uh, the children's... Uh, the Christian Children's Fund. Yep. Doing Just... early childhood development. And my real love, though, like the, the thing that always led me to do something like this was truthfully rodeo and that seems so silly to say because my dad taught me my whole life you're never going to make money rodeoing and I know he'll chuckle when I when he hears that but actually for us it's been a really wonderful avenue for us and we wanted to move out to the hills area where we could be closer to rodeos to jackpots to what have you uh, because a true love for me had been training horses and I still love to train. Uh, I have good little jockeys now, so I don't have to actually jockey, but I get to train. So what ensued there was that I, we, we moved out to the Hills area and you know, what can we do? What is it that you can do to make a living? And I have always loved medicine and back up one step. This is something that nobody hardly anywhere knows about me. 
um, I sold vacuum cleaners for Electrolux for two years. And I did very well selling vacuum cleaners. Did you know that? I was not aware. You weren't aware. Uh, I actually still have the one from 20 years ago or longer. It was 24 years ago or 23 years ago. And so I had started to learn what sales was. And later in college, I took you know, some futures and options and different types of classes that kind of maybe made those things trigger to me that sales were a real thing, that I enjoyed it. Yep. And then in talking about it, well, how do you sell, you know, what, what is it that you can do? I didn't want to go on to pharmacy school. I decided not to go on to vet school. Uh, so what is it that I enjoy and, you know, do it so well that you make money at it? And that's kind of how it came about was, you know, that we, we knew that our, all of our families and all of our family ranched and, you know, they needed medicine. And when rural South Dakota, where you're 120 miles from anywhere, how do you get medicine on your doorstep? So this idea kind of came about and Tyler and I sat down and figured this all out. And I remember writing out our, you know, what, what it was we, we wanted to do and, and how we wanted to do it. And our main goal was to get stuff to people in a timely fashion for the least amount of money possible. So that became volume. And that's where then family and other people's families and friends and, you know, that's how it started that's in a still nutshell. kind of what drives the bus for you today is. Yeah, oh, yeah. 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 Beyond a doubt. Beyond a doubt. I mean, it's it's always been about taking care of, of the rancher because, you know, keep in mind, I mean, it, it's been a while, but, you know, we are the rancher. I mean, you know, I, I remember all of that very well. So, Tyler, now it's your chance to give us a historically accurate depiction <laughs> of how this all came to pass on the, and maybe a timeline that's more accurate. You know, I think she was spot on on what she did tell you. She might not have told you all the facts, and maybe some of them will leave out. But, uh, uh, you know, it was all rooted in the fact that, you know, we, we had jobs maybe we didn't like. We all do, you know, when we're young. So we knew what we didn't want to do. We didn't know what we did. And we're not nine to five people. We knew we weren't going to be very good at it. I actually was teaching school. I taught school up in Timberlake for a couple of years, and uh, as enjoyable as that was, I just knew I wasn't a 9-to-5 guy. And, you know, this, coming from the background we did, this kind of just organically happened, you know, and it was slow to start. There was a lot of times we'd load up a trailer load of pour on and almost go door-to-door trying to find new customers, you know, and it, it sure wasn't an overnight success by any means. You know, there was a lot of trials and tribulations, but uh, it never really did feel like we were working. Did you come up with the catalog that first year then? No, we actually, uh, we put it together. My my folks uh, ranched, run a lot of yearlings, and we put our families together to kind of test the waters, and we got the numbers, so we had a little bit of buying power, yeah. you know, and, and uh, kind of showed our distributors that we could actually do this. And uh, it was probably a year and a half later that we kind of put together a catalog and uh, a lot of word of mouth, a lot of word of mouth and, you know, tons of family and friends that supported us, you know, and then in return, hopefully they got a good deal and saved some money. Yeah, if you do business in western South Dakota, eastern Wyoming and Montana, stretch of the world that we're blessed to live in, uh, usually it's about the connections you have with other people, which, you know, rodeo and family connections for sure played a part in that. And, and same for me, it's uh, maybe the best part of what we do is you get to see your favorite people and your customer pretty much every day in your life. That part's fun. That's my favorite part of it. What's the worst part? Of the it? paperwork. The paperwork is <laughs> the way to, different than it used to, to be. Stuff, the nine to five stuff. stuff. Yeah. Dealing with the big businesses, the yeah. big corporate structures, frustrating. I mean, we, I think we all are a little frustrated with that from time to time. And it's just part of the world we live in. 
you know, but a lot of those guys that are way up high in the in the food chain, you know, don't think the way we think around here. And that's just a it, little frustrating. It's easy to become disconnected from what really makes it tick out here in, in the country. Yeah, that's for sure. So, of course, I've helped and been a part of a lot of businesses over time. And you see the life cycles of businesses. We're young and energetic and we do great things. And then you kind of get exhausted one day and decide you're going to back up a little bit. How, how long did it take you to peak or have you peaked yet with your sales volume? And have you, have you changed your business model from year to year as it's gone along? Um, well, I feel like I'm getting put on the spot there. That's um, kind of what I do here. I know you do. I get it. I get it. Uh, I'd like to say that we haven't peaked yet. Um, you know, we've, we've done things so differently. We've, I feel like we're unique in that we've found our niche and it's maybe not everybody's, uh, you know, we've never, we, we've always operated out of a warehouse setting. We have business hours. We've always had staff in there and people stop and, and whatnot. But our, our goal was always to ship medicine so that nobody has to mess with it. You know, I yeah. ship it right to the doorstep so that it's easier for the customer that he only has to unpack it one time. Um, as we go and two, when you, when you've added three kids to the whole, um, scenario are, it's changed probably a lot of what we saw happening later on. Like we had at one point had big visions of, you know, trying to do it on a grander scheme of having a big, you know, storefront, uh, maybe even adding other equipment sales to it and, and that type of scenario. Yeah. Um, but you know, as well as I do, having raised three kids already, that sometimes you have to slow down a little bit. Something's got to give. Yeah. It, it, something's <laughs> got to give. Right. And so, and that always, for us, you know, our, our kids, our, our family are, you know, very much so priority. And obviously though, you know, we, we love what we do and we'll continue to do it. Um, as far as going forward, when COVID hit, this really was an eye-opener for me, and I say that as in hit because it, it really did. I mean, all of a sudden, one day, we were getting talks of medicine shortages and people buying up product, and we did the same thing. I mean, I think I made a call to you and said, hey, you're going to have to help me out here. I've got to buy some serious product because at the end of the day, and, and that that's probably the mostly what I do in our business is I'm the purchaser. Like, I'm yeah. constantly paying attention to programs how they affect the producer, when I need to buy. Uh, so I did. I bought in a lot of product right in and there. And I made the comment to Tyler, though, when that all started, we were set up for this because we have been doing this for 20 years. We have been shipping medicine and making everybody's lives easier for a long time. Now, the great thing is, is it gives me more time on the phone. I can visit with people and I actually develop a, a friendship with, I mean, I know yeah. people don't even, you know, they have a first name. When they call me, it's and and it's our way in the office. I mean, everybody knows everybody by their first name and it's a, a friendship developed over the years. Yep. So, you know, you get to visit and catch up on people's family and what they're doing. And the medicine has really gotten to be like, it, it's the easiest part of our job. We ship it, it's there, it's done. Yeah. Uh, but as we go back to your question about where, if we peaked and where we'll go, you know, we we did see growth last year because of people wanting to use that more. They wanted to use that accessibility because they didn't want to go to town. And we hope that those people then stay with us because they find out how great it is to do business with us when you have somebody that actually cares and you're not talking to a large corporation that, yeah. you know, like we had visited earlier. Um, I don't know where we'll go. Uh, well, I think one thing that we have realized in the last few years is the fact that uh, people, good people is what's going to allow us to grow. You know, they want to talk to us, and uh, when they can't talk to us, you know, we, uh, we'll struggle. You know, and like right now, we've got a we got a great guy in there, Roy Hendrickson, come to work for us about a year ago, and uh, he has a huge background in the same industry we came from. If we could find more Roy's out there, we could get bigger. But just finding a live body 
to answer phones, it's we're not going to grow. You know, it's people that were really going to make us go around. So it'll depend on on that type. Yeah, now you ran into some distribution problems through COVID. The delivery services weren't able to get out, and their timeliness suffered because of bodies not coming to work. That thing. You had to get a little creative. Think maybe more creative than normal with some of those deliveries. Yeah, for sure, for sure. And we'd like to think that maybe our customers didn't notice, but there was a lot of head scratch and a lot of figuring out how to get things from A to B, you know. I mean, we, we've seen it all across the industries. But, uh, yeah, there was some definitely we, – we had to stock more product than we've ever had to stock before, so we knew we could take care of our guys in, in fall and in that type of thing. So, yeah, there's been major struggles, and I think there will continue to be some. Um, it's definitely got better. Uh, one of the great things is several of our manufacturers have uh, U.S based uh plants. Distrib- plants and stuff like that and that's helped a lot as opposed to other industries you know so i think some of that the the vaccine end of it's going to be a little more normal going so forward your product line today is cow calf your traditional spring and fall shot feedlot folks some horse programs that fairly well encompass the people you typically sell to yeah yeah I would say so. Yeah. yeah, the yearling guys. I mean, Western South Dakota cattle industries, where we, yeah. you know we don't have huge feedlots. You know, it's what's your footprint generally speaking? I, mean, I know you have some outlier buy stuff, Northern Plains. You know, the eight ten area would be a good yeah, good reason. Yeah. You know, within a three hundred mile radius, everywhere we can ship to in about a day. You yeah. know, it's kind of like you said, we have you know outliers. I, we've got customers in Oregon and Nevada and that, but as far as our ninety percent of our customers are in within three hundred miles of yeah. Sturgis. So I, I also find as you go. Through through this, you don't find success without some help along the way. Who's been instrumental for you? Mentors, advisors, shoulders to cry on. Oh, I, we could be here all day. <laughs> you know, um, you know. I well, you know, D's dad, Butch. Uh, on the business end of things, there was a lot of different uh, ideas and things that he brought forward that I'd have to give him some credit for. Um, you know, our, our upbringing. You know, just our folks teaching us that you know whatever you say, you got to follow through with. You know, mm-hmm. and that's been a big part of it but and there's you could we'd probably leave a lot of people out if we started running down a yeah, list there's but. been so many people that I, I think probably the people that believed in us to buy medicine from us i mean i go back to um i there's a a, a great um friends and customers of ours in harding county that i remember i had one of my kids I'm sure it had to have been early on, so it had to have been Landry. And when I got on the phone with him, I said, I'm sorry, but my little one is sick, and she's at the office with me here today. And he said, D, if people don't want to buy from you from that, then they don't need to be buying medicine from you. Because he said that is the great part of it, that you can actually you know, include your family That's in what you do. This. That's why you're doing this. And that always, you know, that's been that many years ago, and that always struck a chord with me. So um, I think every day I always get just a, a little bit emotional thinking about the people that actually took a chance on a stupid young kid that was like, so uh, I'm starting this business and, you know, we're trying to kind of work this out. And, you know, I always liked the medicine side of things. So I was the one that made the call and I would cold call people, just seriously get on or stop at their house and say, would there be any chance you'd let me bid your vaccine program? And a vaccuum cleaner. That was before. <laughs> oh, okay. It wasn't the same time. <laughs> and okay. usually it was the ones who were like, I still have that vaccuum cleaner and it works awesome. <laughs> you wait how many people will tell you that now because there's a lot. <laughs> so, um, But that was always part of it for me that... that's my favorite part of it how many people took a chance on us when they didn't have to you know so yeah there's been a lot of people that have been very helpful with us over the years 
You know, and a lot of those, you know, that goes back to like when we were in college, we both went to the University of Wyoming, you know, and we were a bunch of dumb kids running around, you know, rodeoing and didn't, weren't really thinking about it. And, you know, now all those guys we rodeoed with now are running the family ranch or, you know, part of that type mm-hmm. of thing, you know. So we were networking before we, you know, even realized it. And so those connections really we're thankful for, you know. So I got... you can make money rodeoing, <laughs> just not the way that we thought we could. One of my more recent favorite mem- memories, I was at Casper this spring at my boy's college rodeo and eating breakfast and a bunch of young college rodeo punks came down for breakfast, you know, shirt tails untucked, hats didn't quite fit on their heads from the night before. And I thought, what is this world coming to? And then it hit me. I bet. I can't do the math in my head. 30 years ago, I came down to breakfast and some old guy looked at me and thought the same dang things. Yeah, that's 100% (laughs) it, you know, and I think that's why, you know, we got the chance we did is people realized, you know, and and that kind of goes back to why maybe we're awfully supported for the youth. You know, I mean, that's uh, a big thing for us. We're incredibly grateful for the opportunities we've had. Our guests today are Dee and Tyler Haugen and D-Tie Vet Supply. Uh, We covered, I think, fairly well the formative years of the business uh, i'm going to lead you back into what tyler was just talking about as we went to break there uh, one of the things i admire greatly about the both of you is your commitment to the youth of western south dakota mostly through rodeo but also basketball and what other activities your girls are interested in uh, tell me why i know why but i want to hear it from you well just like i said before you know we uh, i uh, feel incredibly grateful to where we've gotten you know not that we've really gotten anywhere big but uh, you know i can actually afford to put shoes on my kids feet and pay for a new set of tires and that's to me success and so i I, there was a lot of people that i you know couldn't name right now because there's not enough time that give us a chance you know because we were a couple young dumb kids that had a little try you know and so i feel obligated to do the same thing to to pay it forward you know for whether it's 4-h ffa i mean rodeo is obviously you know close to our hearts and so we do a lot of that but uh boy if there's a kid organization out there that wants a little help or we try to spread it out you know no no big amounts but we'll give a little bit to everybody just uh, for that reason i think just encouraging youth to remain in and be a part of the uh, egg industry and the western industry it you know it's obvious that that is changing rapidly way faster than it ever did you yeah. know i mean it's it, right now it's it's rapidly changing and where we're going to go with it and how we're going to feed the world is going to take a whole new outlook on it but the more kids that stay in that world the better life quality they'll have i mean that's no secret that our quality of life is above and beyond um you know i made the joke that we were at the national high school finals and somebody asked me where my six-year-old was and i said i think she's kind of running around like a feral animal right now i mean i just don't know but in all oklahoma (laughs) no that was Nebraska. (laughs) but in all reality we all know because we that's how our our connect you know we we network that that way or connect that way with each other we help raise everybody else's kids. And in essence, I think we've tried to do the same. I mean, I've had over the years, how many different people um, in our office working for us, young girls, young guys, uh, and watch them grow up and, you know, hope to give them that same outlook of of working hard and, uh, you know, staying involved in this industry. It's such a great way of life. Yeah, for sure. For sure. You know, and so uh, any chance we can give back, you know, we're, we're all for it. I look back, you know, I grew up youth rodeo in the 80s, and most of the kids doing it back then were ranch kids. There weren't a whole lot of what we called town kids back then. And you go to the rodeos today, most of the parents are our generation, 
uh, that probably grew up on a ranch, but we have a, a different job that may not include the ranch business, but we want our kids still attached to that. Sure, absolutely. Lifestyle and philosophy that you gain from being around the, the Western way of life and industry. And I think that's probably going to keep the, the youth rodeo especially growing and going for the next several years because you know, we, we want some connection. Feet on the ground, dust in the air. Well, the responsibility that it teaches a kid, I yeah. mean, it's it's above and beyond anything that you could ever comprehend unless you've done it. You know, um, I've made that comment many times over. I, I know where my kids are and all their friends are because they're hanging out, practicing and, you know, doing things right. Uh, and, and hopefully that'll continue to be the case. You know, one time, it's been several years ago, but at one of our youth rodeos, we had a sponsor that wasn't rodeo. It was a camper outfit. They weren't really rodeo oriented and they came, watched rodeo, uh, I forget if it was a junior high rodeo. It really doesn't matter. But uh, afterwards, after a full day, eight hours of kid rodeo, and, you know, they, they were amazed at how cool that was. He says, you don't realize what's happening here, but these kids are meet, meeting their future husbands, future, you know, wives, you know, making these connections, you know, for business in the future, whether it's, you know, we're all egg-related in South Dakota in some way, shape, or form, you know. And I maybe knew it, but for somebody outside to see that, I like, yeah, you're right. This is this is awesome. Put a little bit of a spotlight yeah, on it for you. Exactly. Yeah. So back to more business oriented stuff. As you got into it, do you have uh, advisors, veterinarians, et cetera, that you use to help you sell to me what I need for my cattle this year? Yeah, and that's the terrific part of it is that we have so much access to uh, not just drug reps, but tech service veterinarians, and we have different veterinarians that we work with, uh, and it makes it really great for the producer. Um, you know, we, so we're in we're in a drought. Um, we're you know this is this is a difficult fall. We're short hay, uh, and and water can be an issue, and it has been here this fall. So when guys have problems, which invariably happens when you have problems with your calves or you've got sick calves, we have people that we can go to to help you. I mean, we have beyond uh, culturing, swabbing, getting diagnostics. And that was something we were talking about on the way in about how it's the diagnostics over the last few years have gotten better. Uh, well, it's just we, we know what we're dealing with, so you know how to treat it then. you know. And so definitely we've got a great team of individuals that that can help you know solve the the, the issue well you, you know definitely more minds on this one subject is going to make a better outcome you know and there's a lot of times that we have to say i don't know they'll have a question we're stumped on but we can find out i mean we've got great access to a lot of people you know we can we can figure out and make a plan now are those private practice folks or the folks you have access to through the pharmaceutical companies both yep, all of the above yeah. you know we got some great cow veterinarians in the area that we can lean on you know and find out and the tech service vets um you know all these reps that you know have a great deal of knowledge you know there's just a the full gamut, you know, we've got, got a lot of access to it all. So as you built that business model and you started to gain your advisors from here and there, do you have professional advisors that you use, accountants, that kind of type of thing that you rely on heavily too, or still kind of do it off your... I just call my banker. <laughs> it's kind of like phoning a friend. And I send you to somebody else. <laughs> I phone a friend. Uh, yeah, we've had the same accountant since we started this yeah. business, and she's fantastic. So the the network you developed early on, you just keep leaning back into and mm-hmm. going with it. Yeah, I had some advice early on. Uh, somebody told me when you start out a business, two things you need is a good accountant and a good lawyer. I've not needed the lawyer <laughs> yet. Well, they, I think they said, I hope you don't have to use the latter, I yep, think was what yep. they said. I've got a good accountant, but I would say a good banker sure helps <laughs> in these times where, you know, like there's the 
oh crap moments where we're gonna have to buy a lot more inventory you know figure some things out you know having somebody you can lean on you know like pioneer bank is so a, a big a couple deal pod, thank you for that tyler so a couple podcasts ago i had sam olson on and he he said you had been a mentor of his early on uh, and gave him some pretty sound advice what advice would you give a another young person starting out what what are the keys to it from your perspective you're you gonna have to answer that one. you know there's you know so, so many advice. different uh, mm-hmm. advice i could give but i mean you know follow through has a lot to do with it if you say you can do it then do it you know, and I think that's with anything. I mean, if you speak up and say, well, I'm going to get this or I'm going to call you back, we'll call somebody back. You know, don't just, you know, that kind of stuff. And and Sam's a great example of that. You know, if he says he's going to do something, he'll get it done. You Sounds know. like Sam says yes to about everything and figures it out after. Yeah, and he'll, 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 he'll have to. Tim maybe a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> he's not afraid. <laughs> you know, and I said this early on when Sam started his deal, there's going to be a time where we're going to be adversaries in commerce, you know, which is great. You know, I, I kind of oh, like to see that he's grow. He's a mover and, and a shaker. Yeah. Admire what he's done with things up there. Yeah. Competition is a good thing. For sure, for sure. For the producers, and that's maybe maybe going off on a little bit of a tangent, you know, but we've gone into this feeling like the producers, the, the, the cow-calf guys, the yearling guys out there, they're on the front line, you know, and we're, we're their support system, you know. And so good competition is only good for the producers, which is – our bread and butter, you know. Yeah. So the more people that are out there trying to do right, the better it is for the the bottom guys that are that are doing the real work. So have the demographics of your customer base changed since you started, or have they stayed pretty consistent with where they were? I think we're seeing a transition now. You know, we are seeing the uh, you know our customers that were in their forties and fifties twenty years ago transitioning out, slowing down, whether they want to or have to. You know, and we're seeing as much as they fought it, we're seeing a younger generation coming on. I think there needs to be more, but there's definitely, we're talking to the sons and, and daughters of our first customers, which is awfully cool in itself. It is, You yeah. know, so we are seeing it. Um, the one thing I know now is we are all of a sudden seeing a lot of these older fellas using smartphones. <laughs> we're getting we're getting texts now and things mm-hmm. like that when they were pulling back, not wanting to do it, you know, 10 years ago. So, so when you started out, you had the catalog, and was that your only means of advertisement, or did you have the Internet available at that time? I can't recall. No, no there really, really was. No, and, um, you Social know, media definitely wasn't no, a thing. No, not even a thing, uh-uh. Uh, we did, though, you know, how we we visit with you in, in the break about having our uh, booth at the stock show yeah. every year. And that... But even beyond that, um, we'd set up a booth at the high school finals. We set it up at when Bill and Deb had the five state fraternity when they first started it um, all over the place. We'd set a booth up and we probably, you know, it was just a way for us to to get started and all of that. But the booth that we had for 15, 16 years in Rapid City was was very good for us. That was our biggest form of marketing that we did, so to speak. Uh, But as far as other marketing avenues, um, you know, radio has been a really big thing in the last few years, way more than. Than, than print in origination it was print a lot of farmers and ranchers still want to hold that in their hands so we try to offer both we've added social media to it uh, not on the scheme like not on the scale like you see a lot of other outfits but yeah. we're trying to dabble in it a little bit yeah. just takes another another person to another do body it in the another body to push that yeah. out of digital platform yeah. yeah which we've always maintained that connection we want to talk to the people you know and we don't have an online store you know people still call us well we text and things like that now and we get Email people orders. asking why we don't have an online store and and i've 
I, w- I think that that is something that we will continue to do in the whole scheme of things is to make sure that there's that person-to-person contact. Because what happens when, and, and I get and this happens all the time, somebody will call in and they'll order, uh, I need a, a, a five-way, and then I need a five-way with somnus. Well, hold on now, are you giving that to the same group of calves? Yes, that's not what you want. You, you know, you don't want to duplicate something. So say you have an online store, they go in and they buy two they of the same thing. And, well, yeah, I mean, there's got to be a stop. You know, there's yeah. got to be some type of, uh, I don't know. I Accountability. Mean, you yeah. Know, you know, we try to be that that person, you know, that kind of uh, keep track of things. So, th- uh, you know, things can be out of sight, out of mind for you guys. And we sit here and we keep track. And, you know, we can have that conversation. And we don't catch everything, but we try to catch, you know, some of these little things that might cost you money or cost you time or, you know, something like well, that. Well, I think... I think what always goes, I know this goes through my mind, and I'm guessing it does through Tyler's too, but that is how a rancher makes money at the end of the day is they need to have that calf go live. You know, that calf has to be. Has to walk on the truck. That's right. Weighing as much as he possibly can. Absolutely. There's two simple things. Very, very simple. But are they that simple, though, really? Like, let's, you know, back that up and go, okay, throughout that whole entire, the gestation period onto a live calf. So I think whenever I'm looking at somebody's program or trying to uh, help them or, you know, if, if they're wanting to change things, that is what pops into my mind is profit. If you, if the rancher's not making money, I guarantee it we're not going to make any money. Hard for him to come back, right? That's right. So the you know the the social media aspect from from your perspective, it's hard to advertise other than a concept. You, just, you still need to talk to him face to face and say, what do you need? How can we do better than some success? I think so. I think that that's the niche that we have and that we want to continue to have is we want that. There's you know DTI. Uh, the the easiest thing at DTI for us to do is to make sure we're priced better than anybody else. That's the easiest part of our whole entire business. So when you buy from DTI, it isn't all about that. It is about the service that you get. Uh, you know, even I had a guy call me yesterday and he says to me, where on earth did I get this big rebate check at? Like, where did that come from? Can you explain that to me a little bit? Because he said, I know you fill those out for us. And we do. We've we, It's been a really great thing. We've done that for, you know, and nobody's takes the time to fill that paperwork out. So for instance, Clay, say that you've got a couple hundred head of calves and you end up in a program that gives you 10% back. But if you study it, you, if you buy from one more category, you could actually get 20% back on your whole bill. I take that and somebody in our office uh, fills out the paperwork, send it in and the company writes you a check. Whether it be Boeing, Greenheim, Zoetis, Merck, there's all those companies that have producer programs. You just have to seek that out. Yeah. So that is one of those things that we do for the producer so that he doesn't have to mess with it. And at the end of the quarter or the end of the year, you get this nice rebate check that you had no idea you were. And, you, you know, you can either go shopping or go to Vegas or enter a team roping. I'm not <laughs> sure. But, uh, but that's one of those things that we do. And I think that that personal touch and that's what is really what detail is we we are that that you know i mean and that's where i want to continue to go with it i probably more so now than ever that part of it makes me skip to work in the morning yeah so what's your worst delivery story that you have on of record oh we have several of them i i can can i tell the funniest one that i ever had um so probably 18 19 years ago uh the Shepherdson family in Midwest, we all went to school with them. Yeah. And Tyler's good friends with with uh, 
with with them to begin with and then we're just all gotten to be really great friends over the years well frank and susie had placed a big order and i packed the ice packs in the order and shipped it so i had you know it was in a cooler and all this ice in there and we were at a rodeo somewhere not too long after that and he says i gotta tell you that's the best halibut i've ever ate (laughs) (laughs) and i'm like hmm he goes that was the nicest thing you ever did was send me that halibut with our medicine and we laugh about it now. Whenever I see Frank, we chuckle about it. But still to this day, I'm not sure where that halibut came from because it was a cooler full of ice packs. My freezer had ice packs in it. So I don't know. I thought to myself, my grandpa used to send fish every once in a while. I thought, well, I wonder if I put it in that freezer instead. I have no idea, but that well, might be the best you're one. You're setting yourself up for disappointment now I, because most of us no, get candy in our packages when we deliver them. Now we're going to be expecting maybe some halibut too. Right, right. <laughs> I'll have to send some halibut your way. <laughs> so, yeah, that's That's the best one, but, you know, I don't know. There's been countless times where, um, I hate to say it, but I've probably screwed it up and sent something wrong and somebody had gone out there and they loaded cattle and they're ready to work stuff, and they realize they're short this or something like that, and, you know, you're just 100 miles an hour try to fix it. You know, and if, and if there's a chance we can fix it, we do it. And there's been some early mornings and late nights and things like that uh, that, uh, yeah, there's been, in the whole scheme of things, not that many, but it seems like every year there's one or two of those that we got to fix. That uh, So you've alluded to it off mic a couple times. Where did it, How does the name D-Tie, where'd that come from? Obviously, your names, but there must be more to the story. You know, we were just trying to come up with something to put on paper, and we had some generic names, but Deed threw it out to family. Uh, and who'd you say? Uh, Sheen, my cousin Sheen Deal. Um, everybody wanted to know why it wasn't Ty D. And he said, well, it needs to be D-Tie because you're the one that's always yak. So... <laughs> <laughs> Take that how you want it. <laughs> there, I got you credit on air, Sheen. You owe me one. <laughs> yeah, right, right. So, yeah, kind of kind of a different name, I guess, but it sure has worked for us over the years. Well, I think it's become pretty recognizable across a lot of the Northern Plains from just about every sponsorship venue I think you can find somewhere. Yeah, we, we enjoy seeing the, the detail uh, caps and, and jackets on the mm. bull cell pictures and things like that. You know, it's a little humbling at times, but it is, it is fun. Yeah, I enjoy it's always been. Uh, we had... I've had this happen several times where at bull sale time, I've gotten pictures. Now with phones, you know, you can send a picture to anybody and everybody. And so I've gotten pictures from customers and they'll say, how do I get a coat like this? And be sitting behind somebody with a detail jacket on, that type of thing, you know. Have to buy just a little more medicine. Yeah, yeah. You got to just show up. You got to pop in every once in a while. So are you pretty well through your fall cabin shipping those kind of shots? Or are you still warming up on that coat? Warming up. Are you seeing a change this year where people maybe are weaning early, sticking with the program? Are they changing it up some? Well, I think definitely, you know, in a in a dry year, and it's not the first dry year since we've been doing this, but I, you definitely see where everybody's preg checking earlier. Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, they're going to let stuff go lighter. There's just no way around it. And dang sure calling deeper than ever before, because obviously, you know, feed bill is, is, uh, is going to be on the top of everybody's mind. Um, I don't know what, you know, the, the bigger scenario will be is cattle in the spring. And certainly the talk has been, everybody's going to try to hold on to as many heifers as they can, because, the numbers are going to be lighter and they're going to be worth more money. Yeah. So it's that perpetual. Trying to beat the market with what you can. That's what you right. have available. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. You know, and, and, and weather conditions are a little bit spotty. So I think we're going to have a real stretched out fall. We started off early because of the drought, but uh, everybody's scenario is just a little bit different. And we're going to see guys hanging on as long as they can. And so we'll have a real stretched out 
fall this year i think mm-hmm. uh you know usually we're just getting rolling with preconditioning and heck we've been going for three or four weeks you know and so it's just one so of those fair to say when you started what 10 20 percent of the people preconditioned at that time that bought from us no everybody preconditioned at that time you know that bought from us but as a whole i think there was a lot of people that didn't precondition you know 20 years ago you know or they did it was real minimal minimal um i think the bigger thing that we've seen in that many years on the medicine side is the addition of a viral in the spring. Guys have started figuring out that they don't deal with the sickness through the summer months. And then uh, cow vaccine. You know, when we yeah. first started, when, and, and I still see some of those wrecks every once in a while, but it is so uncommon. And and we we have this conversation often about how vaccines are doing a great job on most every disease there. I mean, you know, it's it's pretty simple. Uh, you know, you've got different diseases that afflict cattle like a BVD, and the vaccines work very well. Yep. Um, but when we first started selling medicine, it was not very common for guys to vaccinate their cows. And now it's very uncommon. I mean, you you know, with what calves are worth and what it costs to get a calf to that, you know, it, it'd be foolish to Pretty not. Pretty standard yeah. protocol for yeah. one operation to the yeah. next anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and yeah, the guys have taken so much pride uh, in their genetics. You know, they put so much time and effort into their herds mm-hmm. nowadays that uh, it's cheap insurance, you know, to preserve that. And so it's just, they go the extra mile now. Is that something you find they usually come with from a veterinarian or do they learn it from their neighbors or how's that spread over time? I think all of the above. Yeah. You know, I, I think, you know, they watch a neighbor have a wreck, they have their wreck themselves or try to insure it. But then, you know, these vets are recommending it. You know, there's a couple different directions you can come from and, uh, and, and get the achieved immunity. And so, yeah, I think uh, everything, you know, these guys are, vets are coming out, working stuff in the fall and recommending this. Mm-hmm. And yeah, for sure. So we've hinted at them a little bit. Uh, give me the update on your kids right now. We got, we're back in school this week, done with rodeo for the summer, sort of. Kind of. Are we, do we ever really? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, yeah, yesterday was day one and we have a junior, a seventh grader and a first grader. And um, Blaisley is our first first grader. And she told me last night that she'll snuggle with me till she's at least 21. Girl. She thought she might be too big by 21, <laughs> but at least till she's 21. So she did hold my hand walking to school yesterday. And yeah, maybe it'll come full circle. Maybe my 16-year-old will I'll start loving hold. you again. <laughs> start yeah. loving me again. No, we've had a really fun summer. Uh, we have, we've been busy and do it. We, we've roped a lot. No, I, I, let's, let's, let's. Our kids have roped a lot. Our kids have roped a lot. I've ran the shoot a lot. You've gotten to rope quite a bit this summer. Yeah, since they started team roping, I actually got to fill in a spot here or there. But yeah, no, we're having fun. It's been a ton of fun. We've had a, we've had a lot of fun doing youth rodeos and uh, we don't have a lot of downtime on the weekends, but that's all right. Not much for fall sports, kind of waiting for basketball to roll around now. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yep. No volleyball for our crew. Well, we better let you get home and get them off the school bus, but I thank you very much for your time today. Anything else you'd like to add before we sign off here? I think it's great to have the partnership with outfits like Pioneer Bank, and, and I'm not you. just saying that because of doing a podcast, but, you know, everywhere that I go, I see your sponsorship as well. And you guys have not ever backed down ever when it comes to the egg industry. And I certainly appreciate that from all parts of what we do. Kind of funny. Our customer lists look awfully familiar to one another. Well, and I would have to say that would be the case with a lot of the other people you've interviewed. 
you know, yeah. that have come across here, you know, and some of your print ads and stuff, those same people come with that same mentality, you yeah. know, and that's probably why we all plug into the same thing. Yeah. Again, thank you for your time today. I appreciate it very much. Hopefully we got to know you a little better and got a little bit of an education in the process. Thanks again, guys. <laughs> thank yep. you. Thanks, Clay. Pioneer Bank and Trust, members FDIC.